0: Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. Our theme verse today comes from Exodus chapter 7, verse 5. That text says, The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. In this verse, God gives Moses and his brother Aaron an insight into his motives. When God says, I will stretch out my hand on Egypt, he is referring to the ten plagues that the subsequent narrative describes. The Bible is clear that God sets the Israelites free so that they can worship him, but in regards to the pagan nation of Egypt, God informs us that his intent is to ensure that the Egyptians know that he and he alone is God. Now most people are familiar with the story of Moses Pharaoh and the Exodus from Egypt. In fact, even secular Americans, when hearing the words of Moses or Exodus, think of Charlton Heston saying, let my people go. What I want to draw your attention to today, however, is not the historical event of the Exodus, but how God liberated his people. You see, when God revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush in Exodus 3, that was the first communication that God had with anyone for hundreds of years. In fact, the Bible tells us that the last person that God personally communicated to was Jacob back in the beginning of Genesis chapter 46. That event happened hundreds and hundreds of years before God's revelation at the burning bush. There was thus a huge revelation gap, so in the time of Moses, an Israelite did not have a Bible to refer to. All they had were the oral traditions of parents telling their children about what God did for Father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And here is where things get interesting. At the burning bush, when God revealed himself to Moses, Moses asks a very rational question. I will paraphrase, but in Exodus 3.13, Moses says, Okay, God, so you want me to go to the sons of Israel in Egypt and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is God's name? How then should I respond? God then responds by giving his covenantal name, I am who I am or Yahweh. And what does God do next? How does he execute his plan to reveal himself so that his people and the Egyptians will know that he is God? God performs a series of miracles that could not be explained naturally nor could they be duplicated or countered by Egyptian sorcerers. The only logical conclusion then would be that the God who sent Moses and calls himself I am who I am really is God. How God sets his people free is by demonstrating his divine power. If, for example, Moses came from the burning bush and told the sons of Israel, God spoke to me, and that revelation was not accompanied by a demonstration of divine power, there would be no way to validate neither that Moses was telling the truth nor that God was really God. The ten supernatural plagues in Egypt were miraculous and were ushered into being based on God's timing and His command. It is then that either an Israelite or an Egyptian could say, this has to be God. Now let's tie this all together and apply it to our modern situation. What we see in application is that the timeless biblical principle established in Exodus equips us tremendously. Whether a person has an experience at a burning bush or in their backyard, whether they go into a cave and say, God spoke to me, or whether they make grand religious claims about anything, when we use the discerning minds that God gave us, the next thing we should think is not, what they say must be true. The next thing we should say is, how do we know this is God? What evidence is there that validates their claim as true? If people follow the biblical example, what they would quickly find is that the God of the Bible always validates the claims his prophets make. That supernatural act proves that God is who he says he is and that the messengers commissioned to speak on God's behalf are trustworthy. Now we also have to be careful because signs and wonders themselves are not conclusive evidence of God because signs and wonders can be faked. We also have to pay attention to the word that accompanies the signs and how that word falls in line with the rest of God's revelation elsewhere. God or God's designated agent would never perform a sign to turn around and contradict God's word. So when we use this paradigm and apply it to other religious truth claims, what do we find? The total absence of God's supernatural power with other religions. Did Buddha perform any miracles? No. Did Muhammad rise from the dead? No. Did Joseph Smith turn water into wine? No. Is there any other faith on planet Earth where there is a legacy of God acting in concrete historical events and doing concrete historical miracles? Absolutely not. The how of the Exodus reveals that a real God liberated a real historical people in the midst of a real historical empire that happened to be the most powerful empire on planet Earth at the time. And when God performed his supernatural acts in Egypt, he essentially was doing it on a grand public stage. There was thus no hidden or secret signs that only a few people could sense. There were signs and wonders that both Israelites and Egyptians could see with their own eyes. The icing on the cake is that God set slaves free, In other words, he set free those with no secular power, no money, no influence, and no sway, and he set them free from Pharaoh, who was considered to be sovereign over the natural world. In other words, God used the most lowly people in Egyptian society to embarrass the Egyptian power structure. That is something inexplicable unless, of course, God did it. The How of the Exodus emphasizes that the Bible gives us countless reasons to come to the reasonable conclusion that God and God alone is King, Lord, and Sovereign. In antiquity, there was idolatry in the religion of Egypt, and the Egyptians practiced idolatry because there was real power in it. This is a large obstacle to overcome, and truly, the ungodly world is hard to teach. Yet, God intends to break proud power structures and hearts when He stretches out His hand. How God executed the Exodus was by the plagues of Egypt, and the plagues of Egypt equipped the world to discern God's power. When God acts, He does so in a way that reveals His sovereign power over creation, and He does so in a way that also reveals His grace. After all, God set his people free not to have a mindless band of robots who submitted, but liberated his people so that they would be free to worship him. Yes, God extended his hand of power, but he reached farther with his hand of love, and this hand built a hedge of divine protection around his wandering people for 40 years in the wilderness before they entered into the promised land that God prepared for them as well.